It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. In this typical town, in this comfortable home, three ordinary people are about to live an extraordinary story. It's starting all over again. The lying, the covering up, the disappearing for hours. I will not stand for it. I can't stand it. I really can't. Why are you hassling me? Huh? Why are you trying to make me mad? Why are, are you mad? No! He provokes people. What in hell has happened? That she hates me. Can't you see that? Mothers don't hate their sons. I mean, there's someone besides your mother you gotta forget. Just do one wrong thing. Fuck it! And what was the one wrong thing you did? Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, Judd Hirsch, Timothy Hutton, in an extraordinary story of ordinary people. Hello and welcome to The Film with Three Brains. This is Sean in Chicago. And this is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And Sam in San Francisco. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Playing it, playing it straight. <laughs> We're going to talk about a film called Ordinary People from 1980. It is Robert Redford's directorial debut and has a lot of good actors in it. And uh, it's a psychological drama. Um, interpersonal drama. I don't know. It's a drama, and um, <laughs> I picked it because. Well, no, actually, I I have a I have a little more to say on that. It, I pick, I said I picked it because last time we were kicking throats, and that is true. Because I do like <laughs> I do like to mix it up, but I also picked it because we did Grave of the Fireflies, heavy drama, but this to me is the kind of drama that I prefer. And and I I hope I hope we can explore why that is a little bit at least I mean at least from my that's from my perspective that's um, <clears throat> it's something there's something about the way the characters kind of um, well the story unfolds very well and anyway I, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself let's <laughs> uh, let me do the synopsis real quick it's a small family. Um, is a nuclear family that has a tragedy. One of the sons dies. The other son tries to kill himself, and the family is unraveling. And they're, you know, a um, upper middle class family in in Lake Forest, Illinois, in the movie. Um, hmm. What else is there to say? I guess that's about it. I mean, the, the, yeah. Like I said, the 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 story unfolds bit by bit, but there's a there's a lot of drama in between and. Um, so that's that. Had anyone seen it more than once? Nope. Hmm. I'd seen it before. Probably only once before. This is probably the second time I've seen it, I would guess. Yeah. I think that's true for me. Yeah, I think I, I don't, sorry, Sam, do you want, did you want to elaborate? I, you know, I, I really wanted to know if, if, you know, everything's all right with you. Because <laughs> you went from one flew over the cuckoo's nest to to this, and I'm just we're here for you. <laughs> you know? Well, that's comforting. That's, that's very nice. To, you know, I mean, this is kind of our therapy session, so this is uh... <laughs> There's a lot of psychiatrists here and and uh, psychology in the in the last uh, couple of picks of yours. Um, Yes, that is true. I, I don't know why that is, but I, I think you, you may, yeah, that's a good reference. Uh, Cuckoo's Nest also has uh, some heavy shit happening, but really good performances, good actors, good good storytelling, good character development, you know, conflict. I guess it's the conflict, like, something about the way this the, the conflict boils up in this is is something I like. I I. You know, I'm. We we may talk for an hour, and I and I have no idea. I have no better idea of what I've you know, what it is I like about this. But hopefully, um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's, there's, okay, I'll give you an example. When we, when you watch Goodwill Hunting, you remember Goodwill Hunting? Sure, sure. I remember watching that and um, Robin Williams, who is good in that, mm-hmm. he, they have that little session and <laughs> in the breakthrough moment, he's like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And he keeps repeating mm-hmm. it and then he hugs him. And when I saw that, I had a vague memory of this movie. And I'm like, sure. Did he do that and that? And did he steal that from that movie? And it's not true. He doesn't. It's actually much better in, in ordinary people. The way it's yeah, it's drawn out, or the way that the mm-hmm. therapy actually happens. But I also didn't until now think about this being a psychiatrist versus Robin Williams being a psychologist. Um, and Sam, maybe you can talk about that part of it. But I mean, you know, when you go through some major trauma. You might need uh, prescription medications, which I guess that's why you need a psychiatrist. That's part of the reason. Um, but it also made me think, well, what the hell were they doing at MIT just, you know, with a, a psychology? I don't know. It just, it just made me question Goodwill Hunting more than anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to think of that when you're watching this. Just look at the way Judge Hearst's his mannerisms, the way he speaks, the way he's dressed. It, right. It's so similar it is to similar. Robin Williams' performance, and then take Timothy Hutton, you know, this damaged young man, and you know, and it's hard not to see sort of Matt Damon's take on it. You know, it's almost like they saw ordinary people and thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if the kid were a genius? Yeah, <laughs> you know, in Boston, yeah, right. And it, I, you know, and I, I mean, I saw I saw ordinary people probably when we were in college. I probably saw it. I would guess. I don't remember exactly. Hmm. Um, but I, 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 I guess I, you know, seeing it now made me respect Goodwill Hunting a little less. I mean, I've never, yeah. I've never, I've never been like a, a diehard Goodwill Hunting fan regardless because the psychi- the psychology of it always felt trite to me. Mm-hmm. You know, those scenes well acted, but not well written necessarily, you know. It didn't yeah. feel, it never felt real. This feels 100% real to me. Yeah. And even if, even if you can overlook the, the, the psychology stuff, that's still the emotional, um, centerpiece of that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that, that their relationship and, you know, him being able to achieve his potential or whatever, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. else happens in the movie is based on that, that relationship and that, yeah. And so if that's, if that, you know, we look at it now and we're like, wait a minute, that wasn't that great. It kind of takes away from the whole movie. It's like, eh. Yeah. But anyway, well, we we're not talking about We'd that have movie. to go back and watch it. <laughs> uh That's for another review. <laughs> Maybe our next review. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, yeah, uh, go ahead. I, I have first. a question because, because. You know, it, it sounds like Co appreciates this movie. Oh, yeah. And, but this is the same person who was like, I don't need to see a depressing movie to escape. That's not mm-hmm. escaping. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this one is depressing movie, but it sounds like you're you're more appreciative than other depressing movies we've sure. watched. Well, so look, what, this what's, doesn't, what does well, it for you? So this this doesn't feel like drama porn, you know. Drama where, porn. <laughs> yeah, you know where where you're just like watching sad shit happen. For, for no apparent reason other than it's sad. You know, this this feels like, uh, 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 you know, like, uh, what do you, what do you, call, what, like, um, you know, it's like a character-based sort of um, study of, of loss in a family setting, you know, done in a really, a really honest and interesting way. And there are character arcs, you know. Yeah. And they don't feel sensationalized. They don't feel ill-gotten or unearned, Mm-mm. you know. They don't feel shallow. And, 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 and not only is there characters, but there's, there's a non-character arc, you know? There's someone who doesn't change. Hmm. And that's Mary Tyler Moore, who's like, yeah. I mean, I feel like she should, she's, her performance in this movie is so good that, like, I would put her in a list of, of like, best film villains. You know, like, she's yeah. so fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Just so such a like 
his Donald Sutherland's little, little soliloquy, his you know his monologue to her at the end, is so mm. cutting and so, so bad and so insightful and interesting to me. And she fucking just like takes it, you know, and just slithers away. She doesn't say a word. She just like backs away and leaves without saying goodbye to her son. <laughs> I just hate her, you know. Okay. Um, well, first, I don't. I mean, I agree, and I hate. I hate her, but also, I I don't think it's fair to to call her the villain. She's a no. villain. I mean, okay. I mean, it's it's really hard. It's really hard not to see her in that light because we see we see more of Calvin and Conrad's perspective. Yeah. Um, and that's and that goes back to the book. Um. <clears throat> I'll get to the book in a second, but the, um, the, what, what I was, when you were talking about that scene, when she leaves, she backs away, she goes upstairs, she immediately starts packing a suitcase. And I was like, is she packing? She's, she's leaving. (laughs) But that, but then she stops and like, she has that gut punch moment where she just crumbles. She just feels the impact of what just happened. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I definitely felt sympathy for her at that moment. Like I felt a little, But I think there's various ways you can interpret her reaction. And I think how you feel about that scene depends on how you interpret her reaction. And mm-hmm. I, inter- and, and perhaps I'm cynical, but I interpret it because of all the scenes leading up to this where she's like, I just want you and I need to get away. You and I, you and I, you and I never mentions her son. When yeah. he brings him up, she gets mad. And so... In that moment, what I saw was a woman mourning the loss of her husband, not her son. And that made me hate her even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I just, if you think about it that way, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, you fucking suck. I hate you so much. <laughs> oh, man, there's so many of those little moments. Like when he hears her laughing and then he fl- they flash back to Buck is alive and she's, yeah. la- she's laughing at Buck's story. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in the lawn and everything, and it's summer and all that stuff. But I mean, it's so effective because you you immediately get like, oh, he's realizing that he that she, he's remembering that she used to laugh, yeah, and she used to laugh when Buck was alive, yeah. And how can he not internalize that? I mean, yeah. it's really mm-hmm. amazing that like <laughs> I don't know. I, there's just so many little moments yeah. there. I think uh, also one of the reasons I hate her so much is or, I don't know if it's that or well anyway when when. Donald Sutherland goes to see Judd Hirsch. Yeah. Which I think is also a fantastic scene. Yeah. Um, when Judd Hirsch asks him what, uh, I forgot, I'll be paraphrasing. He basically said, what was your wife's relationship with your, with Buck? And he goes, Oh, she loved Buck, you know? And he says it, he doesn't realize what he just said, but that's like, that's a big thing. He just said as they're talking about their families, because he never says, she loves Conrad Hmm. and it never really even sort of enters the conversation. You know, what's, what's her relationship with Conrad? Like, well, they're too much alike. Well, what was her relationship with Buck? Oh, she loved Buck. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're like, ugh, she's gross. No, I don't think they're alike. I don't think they're alike. Exactly. I think, you know, wait, Sam, you said they are alike. No, are I'm you saying no? I'm saying they're not alike. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think they with, are either. With, okay. I was my exactly was I was agreeing with Cohen's statement, not that yeah, they're okay. exactly alike. Gotcha. <laughs> right, like Donald when Do- Donald Sutherland sort of tells her exactly what he thinks of her. You know, I feel like he really nails it. Who she is as a person, and I don't think Timothy Hutton is anything like that at all. Yeah, he tried to commit suicide, but it's because he's navigating in an impossible situation alone. You know, mm-hmm. a teenager alone without parents, really. His dad's trying, but his mother, ugh, you know. So I don't, I never, I didn't see it as weakness in what he did. And, you know, it's just like desperation, which is, it can be different, you know. Mm-hmm. And then slowly sort of figuring out who he is and dealing with things and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, with Judd Hirsch's help, of course. Right. Whose whose performance in this I think is 
just excellent. Like like the best of yeah. all of them. And well, no, Mary Tyler Moore's performance is the best, I think. But Judd Hirsch is right there. I don't. I can't name a bad performance in this. And right, unless you go down to the minor minor characters, but they're also. I mean, obviously the they got best picture. They had best director. They had uh, best adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. And let's see, did she? Wait, Timothy did Hutton she, won. Timothy Hutton won. But so what's weird is he won. He won. Um, uh, supporting actor. Yeah. Isn't that odd? Yes. Very <laughs> like he's, odd. He's the star. Yes. Huh. Hmm. That was odd. I thought that was really weird. Yeah. Maybe, who, they used, maybe they used to go by screen time or something. Because if you average it out, maybe he... I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I can't, it could be a I can't bias figure out, an I can't figure out why like, he didn't wasn't nominated for best actor. Yeah. I would guess that it's had to do with the the leading roles have to be the man and the woman, you know, yeah. since this is or maybe just that they're far more famous than him. So maybe from a billing yeah, it's standpoint, his... it's yeah. Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore. And isn't, I think it's unfortunate that Donald Sutherland is the only like principal actor, not nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Which is too bad because I feel like his performance is sort of, it, it you know, it's like it, kind of holding everything together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he's great. He was, he's so good. He was nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, yeah. didn't win it for Best Actor. So Jed Hirsch was nominated for Supporting Actor. Yeah, Timothy Hutton was also. Mm-hmm. And he, and Donald Sutherland wasn't. Right. And I think possibly that's well, they were going to get Gene Hackman or something to play that. Sure. Yeah, I read that. Role. That he was he was he, they wanted to cast him, or they did, but they couldn't come to. Actually, Gene Hackman was supposed to do the D- Judd Hirsch doctor role. I think was uh, he? Oh, I, I thought he was so. supposed to play Donald Sutherland's role. Well, either way, it wasn't Donald Sutherland was not the, the first choice. I don't think hmm. Mary Tyler Moore was in Robert Redford's head from the from the get go. That's that's incredible to me. That Robert Redford was like Mary Tyler Moore is this can do this. What, 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 has she ever done anything dramatic before this? I don't know her whole career off the top of my head, but I do I know mean, that, you know, she was in the Dick Van Dyke show and the Mary Tyler Moore show. And that's, right. you know, she was a, a, a comedic television actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was you huge. Know, to take, to ta- yeah, yeah. She was in to take that sort of leap with her in this. It's pretty impressive. I liked, there's one, I don't know if it's the trivia or not. I don't know how accurate this is, but. It said that since she was known as Mary, you know, Mary Tyler Moore or what, you know, those characters, sorry, not Mary, you know, the, whatever, uh, Laura Petrie, whatever they, she was known for a cry, a sort of a, a comedic crying like when <laughs> oh, yeah. she got, you know, like when she away, she's oh Bob or what, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, and when she did that, uh, Redford would just say cut and they would redo the scene because he didn't want yeah any of that bleeding in right sure so he he definitely had a vision of it i don't yeah i think they were neighbors as well or something i don't know there's he had yeah i don't know i mean the craziest thing the part to me there's a lot of weirdness about how this came to be but (laughs) the craziest part to me is that robert redford optioned it before it was actually published hmm (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, like, I guess it's a galley view, you know, like when it's not actually mm-hmm. in book form. But how did he? Yeah, it's like proofs or something. Proofs, or what even... a, yeah. So did he know someone that was editing the well, book? Well, maybe or... he knew the writer. Maybe he knew the publisher. I mean, the writer, I mean, writer he, is he Judith is, Guest. I don't think he. I mean, he is Robert Redford. <laughs> but I mean, he. That was like seventies. The the book was written in seventy six, and then most of the time in between is just them rewriting. Hmm. Or you know, doing, adapting the screenplay, which was difficult because there is a lot of um, inner uh, dialogue, monologue, I guess, um, thoughts of the characters. Yeah. And actually, one of the reasons I picked this was because I I came across the book ten twelve years ago, and I read it because of my memory of the book or the movie, memory of, like, like the movie. And the book is just as good, if not better. It's um, yeah, I don't, but it's been a while, so I don't remember it. Yeah, but I just think that the that he must have read it and been like wow this is this is almost you know i mean there was something about it he liked you know the, mm-hmm. 
he and I think Mary Tyler Moore talked about their own upbringings and how uh, the character of Beth was kind of like their father's stuff like that. You know, there mm-hmm. was stuff that resonated for them. I don't know. But just <laughs> like, and it's his, dict- dict- uh, sorry, it's his debut as a director. Yeah. And he grabs this book out of the thin air and then, you know, mm-hmm. makes this great movie and wins his awards. I would, I mean, obviously I, I'm not a fucking mind reader and I don't know uh, Robert Redford, but I would guess that someone like someone of his acting caliber can probably like read a book or a script or a story or whatever and start to sort of envision what other actors he knows or admires would do with certain characters more than like people who aren't actors, you know, mm. even other directors, even great directors who just aren't actors, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's the only, that's the only, the only thing I can think, you know, of why he would put Mary Tyler Moore in this role in which she was so good, you know, yeah. and even yeah. Judd Hirsch, like I think of Judd Hirsch now as a, as a fairly, accomplished serious actor but before in 1980 he was the dude from taxi right right and he only could do it when he was off f- filming taxi he like had right. to <laughs> film at night and i guess i guess you could probably argue that his character in taxi is the straight man but still like he he's so good in this and uh, you know sam and i were after we watched it um we were talking about timothy hutton and how good he is in this. And he won an Academy Award. He was so young. He's what? He's 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, his career never really hit that high note after. No. You know, he never kind of reached this level. He like came out. You know, I mean, it's not his first film, but. Um, it's you know, kinda, close. He, it's, I mean, he was in Taps before this, I think. I think Taps came out in 81. Oh, really? Yeah. Because well, I always thought his first of, film. I used to think of him as Taps. And then I was like, oh, shit. What about ordinary people? Yeah, Taps is 81. So, huh. No kidding. Oh, well, he did like, he did like um, TV stuff, TV movies. Okay. A whole bunch of them, actually. Hmm. Um, so he wasn't, so, but it was, his, I think it was his first feature film, though. I thought Taps was before, but I think you're right. But anyway, to, to, to just to come out of the gate swinging like this you know (laughs) and then i don't know and then i don't know i've always liked timothy hunton but he's never really made a movie this good since or even close really right you know he's been in some high profile things here and there and he's of course steadily working his entire career and he's in good stuff and he's in okay stuff he's in terrible stuff but he's not in anything great since then this that i can remember even looking through you know, his, his filmography. I guess he's got some small roles in great films, but. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It says his first, first one is his first role is boy running to his daddy. <laughs> 1965 <laughs> uncredited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it's interesting. Like the Falcon and the snowman is a fucking great movie. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. it came, it came after ordinary people, but it's still the 80s, it's still early 80s. You know, so so say eighty to eighty five. He's in three really great films, mm-hmm. and he's the lead. You know, and then the rest is just kind of like, eh. you know. I mean, Beautiful Girls. I really like that movie, but mm-hmm. it's not as good as this. You know. Well, yeah. Then he's playing the older creepy dude. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, Tur- Turk one eighty two. I guess that one didn't really hit. Mm, no. I don't think I've seen all the whole thing, but I have. It's it's not it's not it's not great. Maybe you just needed a better agent <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's interesting. Agent. Like actors sometimes actors' careers are totally fascinating. How some actor becomes this like superstar and another really good actor just doesn't, you know. They're, I mean, honestly, if I were an actor I'd probably rather I'd probably rather be like a uh, sort of a successful character actor, you know, make a couple films a year. That's what you do. That's your job. You make good money and people don't really recognize you. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of being super famous to me is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see a lot of really good actors being like, well, I don't want the fame part. I just want right. to do the work. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to go back to what Sam was saying about the, 
you know, my, my love for drama or, you know, my, my mental well-being. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you know, there were, you know, there's a couple, there's a lot of tough moments in this movie. Yeah. And there's a couple, I don't, I wish I had kind of paid more attention to myself when I was watching this because I usually just, you know, just try to, you know, gut it out. And, you know, if I feel, <laughs> if I feel tears brewing, I just like, nah, nah, you know, I just push them off. But the reason I bring, I mentioned that is because if something's starting to affect me, I start to question why it's happening. And usually it lasts just a, just a split second, just a moment. And then it passes. And usually what ruins it is, you know, like they, when they, when they're obviously pushing for it, when, you know, the music swells and, and it's, or, you know, like grave, I mean, I didn't come close to, to feeling that in grave of the fireflies because I'm already my, I'm already there. You know, I'm already in that moment of despair Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling it and I'm like, okay, now what, you know, this is, this is terrible. Now what? But in something like this, you can you can have those little moments, like when he, when Timothy Hutton starts to feel happy again, yeah, and you start feeling happy with him, and then I some maybe it was, I mean the Christmas tree scene is was one like, the way that they it just all goes to shit so fast, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's really moving. It's just like you feel. It doesn't feel contrived at all. It just doesn't feel like a movie anymore. It just feels like you're in the living room and, and you're watching them do this happen. And you're, and you're like, ah, what do I yeah. do? You know, what do I feel about this? I don't know. I'm still working on this, but I, but yeah, something, just the fact that if you feel something and you don't feel like, like you're trying not to feel and it still happens, that's, you're really getting, getting somewhere. I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sam, Sam hasn't, said, hasn't said much. <laughs> What's going on over there? No, you know, no, no. I was just thinking about what you're saying, and and to me, I, I felt it didn't take me very, you know, like I don't know, ten minutes into the movie, I felt like I knew I was watching something that was really good. Like I, like I was thinking, like, like I don't, I don't know, a bad analogy maybe, but be like. Like, you know, can you imagine being like the, the 10th grade art teacher and you have all these kids hand in up their project and one of the kids though is going to be years ahead of the others and you're they're going to look at it and be like holy cow this kid gets it like this kid understands so much and i felt like this movie has has that like it mm-hmm. has the the way the scenes are shot the way the actors are it's like right away it just sets itself up as being really well made in because we're criticizing movies and uh, we, we call it a review but come on let's be honest um because we we go to you know cr- criticism it you know it's one of these movies that you watch it part of my brain's always you know kind of looking for the this this flaw this thing that's gonna you know that's wrong with it and the you know but the majority of my brain was just like this is really well done the whole way through and because, you know, it's, I, I was still in the, in your mode from, from Grave of the Fireflies and that of, of like, oh, you know, why would I want to watch something depressing? And, and, you know, I don't seek out a lot of depressing movies, but I do watch them. But this, this is just, if, if this movie felt so well done in, in a way that's timeless, like that if, if people wanted to understand about like coping and, and, and that like this like everything in this movie still f- feels true and then yeah and then his it wasn't it, like the fact that he could find you know a girl his age to talk to and, and you know and and um you know the the awkwardness like capturing that moment of like hey the first time someone's ever asked you about what it was like to commit suicide after you've tried like that's a real moment, you know, because because they, they, you know, and, and his, his psychologist, you know, hinted that, that that people treat him, you know, differently. That was one of the questions at the at, I think yeah. the first time he saw him, you yeah. know, and that moment hadn't happened yet. So I just I just feel like like I didn't look up who wrote this and, and what they had studied, um, you know, to, to make these characters, you know, be so so perfectly real um yeah 
you know, and, and, you know, with Mary, Mary Tyler Moore, you know, it was the, the narcissist personality, which, you know, she really nails and, you know, cringeworthy is way of doing it too. It's just, just, yeah. I, so yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. It's one of those things like, do I really recommend this to people? You know, like, like, I mean, if they want to watch a really good movie, but it's one, like, it's like, Hey, you know, you're feeling like feeling down for a while, but in a good well done way this is the movie yeah. to watch you know <laughs> that you is know, tricky like how do you recommend a movie that you know is going to be hard for them to watch but it's really good yeah i mean like when it was schindler's list everyone knows what the hell is going on so you don't have to say anything you make like, right. oh it's good you got to see it you know it's three hours long but you got to see it yeah. um but there's like a movie like this that catches people off guard and i i kind of feel like that's missing sometimes like because everything's on demand and so available to us I mean, this is 1980. People, you know, you only went to the theater and you, and you, like, you know, we've talked about this before. You only had scant reviews in papers and, you know, you yeah. know, Siskel and Ebert and stuff like that. But basically you're going in blind and you're, and you're, you know, <laughs> you, you're just, you know, you're going with it and, and it yeah. may be too much for you, maybe too much drama, but you can go eat some popcorn or, you know, do something else if you want, but... <laughs> But everyone had to kind of go through it together, and I feel like now you have to seek stuff out so much that it's really hard to recommend anything because we're all compartmentalized. We all know what we like, you know. Like, like Cohen, when you when you recommend a a horror movie to me, I'm like, well, what kind of horror movies, you know? Because because I want to yeah. know if it's my kind or not, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so so I don't know how you do that with drama. I don't know how you say, well, but it's but it's it's really you got to see it because X Y and Z. I don't know. I don't know how mm-hmm. you do that. It's yeah. too bad though, because you know, if you if you see a movie like this, it makes you feel like, if it almost makes you feel like all dramas are lifted because mm-hmm. you can see what they're going for. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that that sort of reminds me of why, like why I like a movie like Ordinary People and not Grave of the Butterflies. You know, because when you you watch Ordinary People, it's like you feel like you've just gained some insight into, for lack of a better phrase, the human condition. You know, mm-hmm. you're seeing something and whether you've, you know, experienced it or not, you're, you're, you're seeing something that feels real and it feels insightful and interesting and you feel like you're getting something out of it, you know, in some capacity, you're yeah. learning something or, you know, or, or you're just like, you're, you're feeling something you maybe you haven't before, or you feel like you've been let in on a story you've never heard before or seeing the way some people live that you haven't experienced in a movie like Grave of the Butterflies, you're like, well, yeah, it's sad when kids die. Yeah, right. yeah, you know, they, they were like, fireflies, um, not butterflies. <laughs> what did I say? Did we say <laughs> <you> said butterflies? <laughs> no, did I? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, I think in this this movie takes some, um, you know, going back to one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It also mm-hmm. t- it takes tries to take a little bit of the stigma out of seeking help. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, they they kind of hint at it, and then she's like, "Oh, this is embarrassing. It's private. You know, talk about it." And you know. Um, you know, and we've come a long way, you know, this is, this is 40 some years ago. And, and, you know, in, in contrast to, you know, listening, uh, recently to, to Dana Carvey and Chris Rock talking about how they, they each have a, you know, a therapist and what they learned and, you know, just, you know, wide out in the open saying, you know, this it really helped me and I did this, this and the other, and they're joking about it a little bit cause that's what they do. But it's just, you know, I think, it, it, in in the time in 1980, that would have been kind of unimaginable for quote unquote ordinary people to to talk about you know yeah. the therapy they're seeking. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, ex- absolutely. Because yeah, that's a big part for Timothy Hutton. He doesn't like it. He doesn't think he needs it. He's he's you know constantly downplaying the need. And 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 she is too. Like <laughs> the the rage that she has about Calvin letting that slip at the party. Yeah. It's so perfect. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, that's I mean, that's a natural feeling. You don't want people in your business, but at the same time, like the fact that he just casually mentioned it to one person. Yeah. Is and she reacted like that. It's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not that's not good." Yeah. So, yeah, if so, it if it destigmatizes that at all, it's it's a good thing. 
Yeah. Were you guys distracted at all at how much Kiefer Sutherland looks like Donald Sutherland? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it's funny you mention that because when we were kids, I was so fucking confused by them. As a, as a, as a little kid, like 10 years old or younger, probably. Um, I couldn't figure out why this actor, this Sutherland actor, seemed younger in his newer movies. <laughs> I didn't realize they were two different people. <laughs> I thought it was the same actor, just at different ages, but it was like, and I'm talking pretty young here, okay? I right. wasn't, you know. <laughs> I'm not an idiot, goddammit. Uh, I just, you know, as a child, I was like, man, they look so much alike. You know, like, <laughs> Dear I, Film I'm, with Three Brains, do you guys have face blindness? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I just couldn't figure it out. It was such a it was such a conundrum to me. And it was a little later that I figured out that they were father and son, you know. All right. You know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 resemblance is fucking incredible. E even by just father son standards, you know, who look alike. It just wow. <laughs> but Donald yeah. is seven inches taller than Kiefer, which is hard to ever appreciate on screen. Hmm. Yeah, it's not like you ever get Lloyd Bridges and Jeff Bridges mixed up, or right, or, Bo or Bridges. even Bo Bridges and Jeff Bridges, <laughs> or even Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, young, young, I would say young, uh, young uh, Martin Sheen in, in well, nah, never mind. Yeah, I know there's what you're saying. There's a yeah. resemblance there, there but not, resemblance. not like not like Kiefer and Donald Sutherland. Also, they're they're it, part of it is their features are so distinct. Yeah, you know, they just they have such weird fucking faces. <laughs> 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 they're just weird, you know. <laughs> they're unusual, yeah. I suppose. Well, I like that's they a. Both, go ahead. I well, say they both have good voices. They're different voices, but they both have yeah. good voices. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Donald Sutherland has that eyebrow thing maybe they both do but they they look a little sinister usually sure but that's part of the reason i like him playing this role because he's very sympathetic and nice and and even when you look if you don't if he's not saying something nice you look at him like oh wait <laughs> is he being a dick no 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 he's being nice just that just that you know that's the way that we interpret people before they even mm-hmm speak it's just it's just weird sure yeah it's funny i don't you know Kiefer sutherland sort of you know cut his teeth as it were as villains you know in 80s movies mm -hmm. you know and i i don't know if donald sutherland ever really i mean his filmography is enormous oh, yeah yeah uh well, obviously i haven't guy. seen in everything in it but uh, that he's done but I, I i i just can't think of anything off the top of my head that doesn't mean it's not there i just can't think of anything sam's got the hunger games movie is, yeah is, is i mean yeah the there's that guy. but oh uh, yeah he's he's but, very sinister in that yeah. yeah i guess he is yeah that's true because <laughs> they accentuated his eyebrows <laughs> yeah <laughs> somehow i sort of dismissed that because he was know. a bad guy in outbreak but he wasn't super scary he was just sort of he was just kind of a dick, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was just a hardline bureaucrat. Like a, like a, yeah. You know. I'm thinking of Kiefer Sutherland and, like, obviously Lost Boys and and um, Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. One, one of the things Wait, I like about this is how they don't like, okay. I, I didn't mention this in my summary, but there's uh, buck dies in a boating accident and mm -hmm. they're both on the swim team. Yeah. And they're both very good swimmers. Yes. But it's never mentioned. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I guess it's like, you well, can kind of, is it? Well, Maybe I missed something. Well, no, it, it, well, one it's, it's, it's basically stated that buck, buck was a superstar swimmer and Conrad is an okay swimmer. Okay. And I think that's the point. It, that in that moment survived. in the boating accident, it wasn't yeah. about who was a better swimmer. Yeah. You know, it was deeper than that. And Judd Hirsch says, did you ever consider that maybe you were just stronger? Right. You know, and, and clearly he had not. And maybe that's just who he is. He's just a strong survivor. Despite what happen later you know which is why i would say that that's why i said 
Conrad and Mary Tyler Moore are not are not alike. Because mm. Conrad is a strong character. He just doesn't know it. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mary Tyler Moore isn't, and she thinks she is. Right. Which makes her even more despicable. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh man, when she says like, it's like, well, Buck, it, you wouldn't, you would have visited Buck if he was in the hospital. And she says, Buck never would have been in the hospital. You know, like yeah. that her, Ugh. her impression of him, of Buck is so, he's, he's elevated so much. It's like, yeah, that he's right. beyond all these things. And mm-hmm. And Conrad's a mess and he can't get his life together or something. Like that. And I don't, right. I don't think she, I almost wish they, they had done a little bit more than just that one or two flashbacks of them in the before, because I wanted to see what Conrad was like before. Cause yeah. I felt like he could have been a little more, you know, like we know how he, what he's like now, but I want to see him, you know, when he was kind of carefree or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that quick, that was a short scene towards the end where his friend Lazenby sort of comes in the car and he's like, dude, you know, you don't have to go through this alone. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, I miss him too. You know, we were best friends. You, me and Buck were best friends. And then Timothy Hutton says, I'm sorry. It just hurts too much to be around you. Mm-hmm. Like that to me was a really fascinating scene, like a really interesting, insightful scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and explained a lot. And, and, and the reason I mentioned is because you said you wanted to see what he was like before, but I feel like that, also sort of serves that purpose to sort oh, of oh right i mean you didn't show it you know didn't show it but the implication is that you know i guess that you know i don't know yeah i know his friend is sticking up for him it mm-hmm. um pretty much the whole time but yeah but he can't figure out why right conrad keeps retreat you know retreating right you know, yeah he quits the swim team and you know and he's like well God, you know, why are you doing this and he's like well, I, and then he says yeah, there's reason and it's very honest. And then yeah. you feel bad for his friend who obviously yeah. it has to just take it like, oh, well, yeah. okay, sorry. Right. Bye. I mean, how do you, how do you argue with that? Yeah. <laughs> but I also thought that was a really interesting uh, contrast to like Mary Tyler Moore seems to, you know, you, 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 she would be much more sympathetic if, and you've seen it, I'm sure we've seen in other movies, I can't think of any off the top of my head where, you know, a family member dies and one family member is treated poorly by another because they're so similar to the one who died, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be siblings or not or whatever. But in this case, it's like sort of the opposite right. <laughs> where Mary Tyler Moore can't stand Conrad because he is different from Buck. Right. Or and like, think... you know, but like being around him doesn't remind her of her other son at all. <laughs> mm. I don't know. But I mean, uh, uh, that's the thing that, this why this part of the reason this movie is so good is there's so many there's really a lot of layers going on you know when you really dig in and watch it i mean you could probably watch it three four times and start to see different threads and interesting interactions and right you know things about people in general that it's just really interesting so well done and nothing feels cliche nothing feels shallow yeah one of the reviewers said that there was no cheap shots about like yeah. being upper middle class in the North Shore. You know, like it mm-hmm. wasn't a, it wasn't it had nothing to do with their status in the in the community or yep. how much money mm-hmm. they had or any of that stuff. It was just these people, yeah, in these situations. Yeah, actually, I read. I think it was Robert Roger Ebert's review. You know, he loved this movie, and he said something very similar. He said their problems emanate from within. You know, mm-hmm. it's not. The reason it's not a crappy soap opera is because their problems don't emanate from without. Like, it's not about their status, their friends, their economic level, their their environment. It's them internalized and exposed. Right. That makes this so good. It, it almost works better that they are on the little more affluent side because they can't buy their way out of yeah. that. Yeah. You know, that it's not, you know, it's, it's like, hey, this, is, this happens everybody right you know loss happens to everybody right oh you're yeah. saying if, if if money could have helped them it would they would have tried that is that what you're saying i'm not well, sure I mean, no what i'm saying is this is a like you, you know i think i think that the tragedy is the, yeah tra- tragedy is cuts like, everyone. I, I think yeah, yeah. but I think in the of, ni- of right, and I, but wealth. I think in the 1980s, particularly, was this this time of like you know silver spoons, like these rich 
people who you know different strokes these different st shows where these people are living these affluent lives and the, the most trouble they would get in is is lying to their parents or something sure. you know like this is kind of a like hey but this is the same sort of setting you know like here's here's people who are affluent but there's yeah. something that's that's real they can't buy their mm -hmm. way out of it like, yeah. okay I, I don't yeah. know i think it works as a backdrop you know yeah well um, the, yeah the 80s were so, sort of a, a decade of excess you know reaganomics right. trickle down theory all that horse shit you know sort of painted wealthy painted wealthy people in sort of a, a much more flattering light as if it, they were morally superior in some fucking way you know right right so i think that that yeah this is you know it might predate it a tiny bit but not really and, yeah and so i think it serves as like hey it's the backdrop we were used to seeing at that time but it's far different story right right yeah yeah you know we have a couple double ups yep fire away yeah you, you got one i got two. Oh, Ooh, yeah I, we must have the same two we probably i mean, I was, I, mean two. I was thinking of mm at walsh right off the bat yeah yeah from, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, the coen brothers film yeah blood simple yeah. yeah and then you got the guy who's the clerk in all of me oh crap no, I didn't. Oh, get there's it. a third. There's a third. Uh, so Basil Hoffman is Sloan, and he's in all of me. He's the clerk for filing the. Uh, uh, shoot, I can't remember the thing. He's the county clerk. Okay. Guy. Who else you got? I got Adam Baldwin. He's a double up. He's a he's really. Uh, it's uh, Wyatt Earp. <laughs> when oh, in doubt, hey, it's got to be Wyatt Earp. Or... <laughs> he's in Wyatt Earp? Yes, according to wow. his IMTP. I don't, I don't even remember him in Wyatt Earp. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot of stuff. I always think of him as my bodyguard. Did you guys yeah. ever see that movie? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you thinking of that? It's early uh, yeah, thing of, Bitter yeah. Harvest, because that movie is pretty terrible, and I think we all watched it together. <laughs> <laughs> and Predator 2. And oh, yeah. too, but yeah, it's not really a double up. So, yeah. Oh, that's what we're thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just... And and what was the who's the th uh, is there, oh is that it? I thought there was another yeah, one. Yeah, those three. Oh, there's and maybe another, I didn't I, I didn't go through all the other credits like um, I don't know who was the cinematographer? Did we cover that? Uh, we did not. Um, I don't. Oh, what you guys think of Pachyabel? Uh... <laughs> Well, you know what's mm -hmm. funny about that? It's, we, we, you know, as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, it's this again. It's the canon in D. Uh, but this is what made it popular. Yeah. Right. It's you kind know? of weird. <laughs> I think it, I mean, I think at, like the second or third, there was one time when I was like, ah, I think this is not the time for this. But the way it starts is fine. And then, the, you know, there's certain moments where it fits. Um. But other than that, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of thoughts about it. Are yeah, you, me either. <laughs> Sam, do you think it's you think we just because? Well, it's I just so think well now that we've heard it so many times, yeah. it's been yeah. so many hours. Like, oh, this. But, but I think when this the, came out, it wasn't. Yeah, it's right. Like, no, right. I read it was, about it. it was, yeah, but it's still. I wish I could remember the mo Like, there's some other music when things are really when shit's really hitting the fan. There's different music, and I can't remember what it was, but. Actually, I think it's I think it's probably when he goes. So, yeah, when he, he he loses his friend, his friend Karen from the hospital, and uh, he you know he's desperate. He calls him. He calls uh, Judd Hirsch on the phone and Doctor Berger, I guess. And he they go, that whole scene. That whole scene, like there's something that builds up in there. I think there's music in there, but I I can't remember it. I just remember thinking, I guess, you know, because you, your brain is split in, in so many ways. You're like, you want to just yeah. pay attention to the scene. But if the music catches your attention, you're like, oh, I got to, you know, stick a pin in that, you know, but I can't remember what it was. So um, I, I, I have no real, when I'm, when I'm really absorbed in a movie, most times I don't notice the music. And this is one of those movies where I was really absorbed, yeah. when I'm really absorbed in sort of the performances in the story. And I don't, I don't really notice the music. And I think that's good. I agree. I think that I think that's like a, a uh, basically saying the music's good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, there are <laughs> it's some not intrusive or in, yeah. in, in it, or it, it accentuates in a way that made me not notice it, which is a good thing usually. Right. I think so too. I, I 
as much as I love music, I think that there's a time and a place for each. Yeah. I mean, you have to you just have to be intentional when you use it. Yeah. No Movies that them. are wall to wall music always bother me. I don't like it. Mm hmm. You know, because there's always, there should be quiet moments, always. And if it's a, I mean, I guess, I mean, some film like, you know, Hardcore Henry's not going to have any quiet moments, but Hardcore Henry's a goddamn piece of shit. So <laughs> fuck that one. Ooh, still hate it. Ugh. Anyway. Hate <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, Do I know what we're doing next? Well, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nope. <laughs> first, first of all, yeah, like I, I saw this. I, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but I know I saw it pretty young. Yeah. And so, so I have vague memories of it before I actually went back and watched it again. And it's like, oh yeah, it's a good movie. You know, like I, I have, like I, the boat scene still is like something from my childhood or something. I must have seen it in the early eighties. Yeah. Because. You know, we just didn't have any other entertainment. So when my parents watched a movie, sure. I watched a movie, you know? Yeah. So I have a weird feeling of that. So I think that's too young. I don't think you want to be, you know, I think you want to oh, be yeah. an older no, person I don't to think, yeah, appreciate I think you need any to be older to, to really appreciate. I mean, I don't know if even teenagers are really going to get a whole lot out of this. I don't think so either. Unless, unless they've experienced something similar, oh, unfortunately. Might be, too, might be too close to home. Well, yeah, I don't know. But your average moviegoer who's under the age of whatever, 20, 25, I don't know. Like, yeah. Are they going to be into this? Yeah, I'd ballpark at about 25. You should be yeah. 25 or older. I, I wish I could remember seeing it for the first time. I, I mean, I, I knew my memory of it is overwhelmingly positive. You know, like I remember thinking, wow, what a great film. And wow, how, how great was Mary Tyler Moore? So I was, I would guess when I saw it, we were probably in college. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Is it rated I, R? What is is it? it? I have no idea. For I what? lost my link. Yeah, I don't know why it would be, but I guess, yeah, and, those, and this is pre-PG-13, so it'd, yeah. you need a pretty good reason. Um, that, it, it is rated R. Was it? Yeah. That's weird. Huh. I mean, I he, what he's the... the, I think the big one is um, when he says, we just give her the goddamn camera, right? Oh. Uh, well, yeah, if he you... also says the F word a number of times to his, when he's in therapy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, so it's a rated R because of some swearing. I think it's some really swearing. weird. Yeah. And maybe the adult. Uh, Adult content. Adult content, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah okay, things. I guess. I mean, it wouldn't get rated R now. Probably not. Uh, now yeah. it'd be G. Would this movie even be made now? Yeah, I think so. It would be an indie film, maybe, or like an A24 film or something. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, how did, you know, it got Robert Redford, it got these actors, but if you didn't put all that together, you, you, could, you could mess it up. Oh, sure. I think a lot of credit has to go to to Robert Redford for shepherding this thing that could have been a schmaltzy piece of shit. Mm -hmm. It could have very easily been awful. Yes. Just a melodramatic mess of cliches strung together. You he know? has done that, by the way. I like a lot of his films. <laughs> I like Quiz Show. I like, you know, there's a lot of good stuff he does. But I love Quiz Show. I think Quiz Show's fucking great. I was close to picking Quiz Show instead of this, but... Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um... But he also did The Legend of Bagger Vance, and that's a piece Oof. of shit. Yeah, it <laughs> oh, is. Yeah. That is a piece of shit. I couldn't believe he did that. I was like, that was him? <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, yeah that is a, that's a fucking turd, that one. I mean, The Horse Whisperer is kind of fucking stupid. A River Runs Through It is, is, is kind of fucking melodramatic, schmaltzy shit. Yeah, he goes, he goes a little too far in that one. Yeah. Lions for Lambs is a little too fucking... Too preachy. So boxy, yeah. Just like too... The... Yeah, there's something about that. So that he's weird. got Ordinary People. He's got Quiz Show. I've never seen the Milagro Beanfield War, so I don't really know. I can't really say. If I had to pick one, though, I'd have to... it's got to be this one. Yeah, I agree. I, lo I really do like Quiz Show, though. I do, too. It's up there. 
to have just to have two films under your belt of this of that quality is pretty impressive you know yeah, they really are they really acting. are excellent yeah and that's the thing about quiz show too it's a good story it's a true story but the performance is just so fucking good mm-hmm. yeah all right i think that's about everything um, well, let, just for a moment, I'd like to mention that Alvin Sargent, who was one of the writers on this, has written a, a variety of different genres. Um, but I think it's really bizarre that he wrote Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, and The Amazing Spider-Man. Mm. And Ordinary People. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird sort of... I mean, he also wrote Paper Moon, which is like an older sort of... Not really drama exactly, but and then what about Bob? Which oh, he's on is, that one. Yeah, he wrote what about Bob, which is pretty good. Oh, so he's not a second. He's not like a script doctor. He's like the main writer. Yeah, no, he he's. I mean, there uh, ordinary mean, people was. I mean, there's more than him credited, so I don't really know. It's just Alvin Sargent's the one I I've heard of. Oh, okay. Uh, there's three three people. Nancy Dowd is one of them. She wrote Slapshot, which is a really good movie with Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Judith Guest, who I guess never really wrote anything else. She Yeah, she wrote other... Oh, she wrote the novel. She wrote the novel. She wrote the novel, right. So I don't think she wrote the, worked on the screenplay. I think she's credited for just the novel. I was just reading this spoiler about Alvin Sargent discussing the characters with, with Judith Guest. And yeah. he, he says, that, that Beth sure is a jerk, isn't she? <laughs> Calvin does remarry again though doesn't he and Guest says no Beth was probably that was probably it for Calvin she was the love of his life yeah yeah I can see that cause he got yeah and he says he says that he's like if if it weren't for the accident we would have made it yeah and he's right yeah. he's right it's totally true because a, a character like her is fine as right. long as she's not challenged which is perfect because that's what makes makes it tragic is that these this is an ordinary family yeah. And it's just ripped to shreds by this these events. I mean it's Yeah. It's yeah, it's just crazy. The the um it also talks though about the um you know the the loss of a child and, and divorce. Yeah. Um you know that that that's a common source yeah. of causing a divorce sure anyway now do you want to know what we're doing next? <laughs> <laughs> well please let it be dancer in the me, dark let me squeeze in uh, <laughs> we are making light of this but if you are in need of help go to uh mentalhealth.gov or um, nami.org or something like that just get help it's important it's there's nothing wrong with it everybody should get help anyway whether they need it or not yes get help <laughs> <laughs> no it's just it's a good thing all right what are we doing next um uh let's see i'll give you the director <laughs> okay jonathan dem is it Demi? Demi. Is it, Demi, Demi. <laughs> is it uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs? Nope. Oh, okay. Good guess. I wouldn't even got that. I couldn't remember who did that. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I'm Jonathan Demi Dumb. <laughs> it's a movie I haven't seen, and I'm pretty sure both of you have seen it. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, okay. okay. Matthew Modine. Alec Baldwin. No, no. Comedy. Comedy. Well, oh, oh, is it, uh, oh, Married to the Mob? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. They're picking lesser Jonathan Demi. <laughs> it's well, like Silence I, of the Lambs, Philadelphia, Married to the Mob. Oh, Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> well, I had to go something lighthearted after the yes. spring that we've been I, on. It's, it's my fault. Cleanser. So it's my fault. I was fault, like, okay. Yes. And then I was like, I was like, here's a movie I haven't seen. It's it's like, it's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. <laughs> so, I think I've seen it too. I think so. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's where I, it's. I, I don't even remember where I came across it. I was I was kind of looking at like movies that 
people I think on Rotten Tomatoes liked from the eighties that I hadn't seen. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I how it ended up on the list. That's fair. We mm-hmm. couldn't go from Beth Jarrett to Hannibal Lecter. That's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. love, don't get me wrong. I love Sansa Lambs, and I've watched that movie many times, and I, I still enjoy it, and I've watched it recently even. Um, but, yeah, I was like, I don't know if people we need to talk about that one right now. Yeah. Well, we might talk about it anyway. We probably will yes. mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, sign off and he'll go, go have some nice bottle of Chianti. Some yes. fava beans. Fava <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think right. this has been our best review yet. I think you're right. We've done it again. Somehow our most mature one, too. <laughs> it's wrong. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> <Sounds> you. <laughs> Nice. Thanks for listening. See ya. That's enough, movie buff. (laughs) I'm so half hearted. (laughs) Wilds enough. (laughs) It's a film with three brains. It's a film with three brains. Stop saying sorry.